Glory to Jesus Christ. Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their histories, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois. And this is a story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith, courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianpublications.com. Christ is risen. Indeed, he is risen. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loyer, your host. And on this particular Sunday, we have in the Byzantine liturgical calendar another one of the great, illustrious, and very beautiful, meaningful themes, post-resurrection themes. And this particular Sunday, it's the theme of the raising of the paralytic, the parable of Jesus Christ raising the paralytic. And this is the one in John chapter 5, where the man is sitting by the pool at the sheep gate, and Christ comes upon him and asks him, what do you want? And he said to Christ, well, you know, he responded a little bit like us. He responded with what I call a little codependency or even a kind of a, oh, woe is me. He says, I've been here for years and nobody ever puts me in the water. She supposedly the waters were curative. But the whole point of the story, of course, is that the only real cure is Jesus Christ. He is the divine physician. And so, of course, Christ heals the man and he's able to walk. We also have an interesting day coming up. In the middle of the week, we arrive at what we call Mid-Pentecost in the Byzantine liturgical calendar. And we say on that day, we say this in our evening prayer service, the midpoint of the feast has arrived, the days which begin with the resurrection of the Savior and are fulfilled in the divine feast of Pentecost. Truly, it unites both feasts and draws light from their double brightness, giving honor to the ascension of the Lord, which prefigures our glory. So we have another brilliant feast coming up, the midpoint between resurrection and ascension. And on that day, providentially, in my parish of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, on that day, our very special friend and guest will be speaking at my church, and she is with us today. She'll be speaking on the day of mid-Pentecost, very providential, and she'll be talking to us about the plight the situation, updating us on the situation and plight of our persecuted Christians in the Middle East, in particular the Iraqi Christians. We welcome to Light of the East, and we will welcome her to my parish this week, Juliana Tamarazi of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. Welcome, Juliana, once again to Light of the East. 
Thank you, Father Tom. It's such an honor to be with you once again. Always an honor for you to be with us as well, and it will be honored by your presence at my parish. <laughs> and everybody's really excited about it. I have a little organization that has put this together, and they're all promoting it very well. They're going online, and they're saying, oh, you should find out about this woman, this Juliana Tamrazi. She's famous. You have to come and listen to her. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get a good crowd. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know how much I adore your parish. You know how much I love your sermons, and I love your liturgy, and and it's an honor to be among you. And you know what we're going to do? The ladies from the parish got together, and they're going to have a jewelry party where they sell jewelry, and the proceeds are going to go to the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. Oh my God, I'm so humbled, and may every one of you guys be blessed, because you have not forgotten about your persecuted brothers and sisters. There are so many, so many who are hiding. They don't want to deal with this issue. But you've always been on the forefront. Your parish has, has been so involved. I'm so grateful to you. You were the first one, Father Tom, when we were such a young organization seven and a half years ago. You're the first individual who gave us airtime ever. And I will never, never forget that. So thank you. A big thank you to you. May the Lord bless your ministry. And thank you. It's very humbling for us here at Light of the East to hear that, Juliana. So since you are so accomplished now, (laughs) and you have a wonderful message, an important message, it's wonderful in the sense that it's very, very timely and very relevant. It's very real. Uh, but it is, a, at the same time, a, a sad message. But nonetheless, this is the time of the resurrection in which we look for hope. We look for the defeat of evil by the goodness of the resurrection, by the radiance of the resurrection. We live as people of the resurrection, as radiant people. But at the same time, we have to understand what we're up against. So why not uh, brief our listeners on what is the latest situation now on the Iraqi Christians, those who have been displaced, and all the persecuted Christians in the Middle East. What are you finding out? What are you hearing? What is your message today? My God, where where do I where can I even begin? <laughs> uh, let's let's start in Iraq. Uh, as you know, over 150,000 have been displaced since the summer. Uh, they're still living in um, in unwinterized tents in the basement of the churches. They're still in community centers and at schools. Um, and these people have been, their whole life has changed just overnight with ISIS attacks. And their sisters, for example, the Dominican sisters, there are about 32 nuns taking care of 60,000 people. Uh, the Assyrian Aid Society of Iraq has been doing a tremendous job trying to take care of these people. Uh, right now, the, the greatest need right now is for, is for medication. We send money, as you know, as the Iraqi Christian Relief Council, we send money for food, shelter, medicine. But these people are, they're, they're the skin rashes that are, the diseases that are going around, they're heart-wrenching. Uh, the parliament member who is the, who's a Christian parliament member in Baghdad, his name is Yonadam Kenna, he's visiting here in the United States, and he was telling me the other day, he said, these people are packed like sardines in, in such small spaces, but they're still standing in unity with Jesus Christ. When ISIS came in and gave them two, three options to convert, to pay tax, or to leave, they left standing with Christ, and they're suffering. They're suffering greatly. And the message that they have for the West is, please don't forget about us. Please pray for us. Please help us be sustained. And the next thing they say, do not think this is not coming to America. Mm -hmm. When ISIS was attacking, and the Peshmerga, 
who are the uh, military members of uh, the Kurdish regional government, they came in and they took the weapons from Christians and the Yazidis, which is the other minority group, and then ISIS attacked. They're telling me to tell you, don't think this is not coming to America. If your weapons are ever taken from you, you know you're going to be handed over to the Islamist extremism. Oh, Juliana, you know, on that note, I'm going to read something from a book that someone gave me called The Islamic Antichrist, and it's a book by Joel Richardson. Now, this book, though, the author is someone who works with Muslims. He's not anti-Muslim. He is actually a Christian who reaches out to Muslims. But nonetheless, he wants us, especially as Christians and people in the Western countries, such as America, to understand what you just said, understand the reality. I'm going to read something from this book. The clearest reason to study and understand Islam, and specifically Islamic eschatology, is quite simply because Islam is the future. Yes, you read that correctly. Islam is the future. If present trends do not change dramatically, Islam will bypass Christianity for the title of the world's largest religion very shortly. In fact, according to most statistics, this may take place in less than 20 years. It's the fastest-growing religion right now in the world, Juliana. This is very chilling. And with that, now again, we're not against Muslim people. We love all people. And so many, many people of whatever religion, even ideologies, as much as I have problems with many ideologies, whatever persuasion you're coming from, there's obviously good people in every area of life. But what we're talking about, though, is the reality of the growth of Islam. And with that rapid growth, with that huge growth, as this book says, the future will be Islam. With that, just by the law of percentages, you're going to have a certain percentage of the bad gods. And this is what we have to be aware of. Would you want to comment on that or reinforce this finding here from this book? Do you remember a couple of weeks ago, or about a month ago, FBI put out a report that said in every state within our union, there are ISIS supporters. We know they have training camps here. We know they have supporters here. Father Tom, uh, this parliament member tells me there were about a thousand ISIS members when they first came into Iraq, into Mosul. And they gained ground from within Mosul because they had ISIS supporters waiting for them to come. These ISIS supporters were former Ba'athists who had allegiance, their allegiance to Saddam Hussein. There were some many Kurds who had their allegiance to ISIS. And when they came in, uh, they wanted to topple the Iraqi government. But So they all had been unified to do this, but then things got out of hand. A lot of secular Sunnis got killed. A lot of Kurds have gotten killed. And those Ba'athists, God knows where they are. And ISIS has created a caliphate now. So it got out of hand. So if, God forbid, ever, ever ISIS, or it's not only ISIS, look at Boko Haram, what they're doing in Africa. Look at Al-Shabaab, Al-Nusra, Muslim Brotherhood, Hezbollah, Hamas, and I can go on and on talking about all of these groups. They all have one common denominator, but let's not forget Al-Qaeda and the Taliban. They all want to create a caliphate throughout the world. And what is a caliphate? Is an Islamic government which imposes Sharia law the, at the harshest form on its subjects. I lived under Sharia law in Iran for 16, for ever since for 10 years because I was six when the 1979 revolution happened. I, as a Christian, had to cover my hair. I couldn't uh, read or pray out loud. I couldn't show my cross openly. Uh, I was mocked for my Christian name. So that is what 
happens when we as Christians are subjugated under the Sharia law. And if we have already Islamist supporters or ISIS supporters here, only God, may God have mercy on us when that does happen. And we have to be informed. We have to study Islam to really understand what it is. And, and I'm not making a blanket statement here. There are a lot of good Muslims that are not bloodthirsty for Christians. But at the same time, according to Bridget Gabriel, who is the founder of Act for America, there are 300 million Muslims throughout the world who are hungry for Christian blood. When we return, we're going to talk more with our special guest and great friend here at Light of the East, Juliana Tamarazi of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East, Christ is Risen. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion and to tell the story of the eastern lung of the Catholic Church. We need your support. In order to keep Light of the East on the air, you can make a donation now by writing a check to Light of the East and mail it to... Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Wednesday, April 29th at 7 p.m. Hear Juliana Tamarazzi of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council share with us the story of persecuted Christians in our world. Learn their real story. Wednesday night, April 29th at 7 at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church, 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. Complete details on the events calendar on the homepage at byzantinecatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Sponsored by Respect Life Ministries of the Orland Park Parishes of Our Lady of the Woods, St. Francis of Assisi, and St. Michael, and the Homer Glen Parishes of St. Bernard and Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Church. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. Christ is risen. And of course, you respond. That's right. Indeed, he is risen. You've been listening to this program, I see, or I hear, because <laughs> you knew what to say. That's our greeting in the Byzantine Catholic Church during this Paschal season. Christ is risen. And you respond. Indeed, he is risen. Our special guest today, who will be appearing at my church of Annunciation, Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, on Wednesday, April 29th at 7 o'clock, her name is Juliana Tamarazzi of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council, and she'll be speaking on Wednesday, which happens to be mid-Pentecost for us in our liturgical calendar, which means it's the date between Christ's resurrection and his ascension. So it unites the two. And so Juliana will actually be uniting two worlds for us, our world here in the West and what is happening in the world of Christian persecution. Well, we're persecuted here too, but in a different kind of way. 
but hopefully we will not have to endure the persecution that many of our brothers and sisters east of us are enduring. And to bridge the two, to bring the two together, as the Feast of Pentecost does, it unites two things together. Our guest is Juliana Tamarazzi of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council. Juliana, you mentioned before the break what we can do. Part of it is being aware and praying. And also things that you do. We can at least help individual people. Does the help that you try to do through the Iraqi Christian Relief Council, does it actually, especially now with ISIS and the situation, it's hard for me to imagine. I mean, I believe you, obviously, but it's hard for me to imagine that aid can actually get to these people. But your aid does get there. It does. I'm so grateful to be able to uh, let you know that last year, late last year, in a three to four month time span, we helped 130,000 Christians who are displaced in Iraq. We sent, we just recently sent $50,000 to Syria, and we helped 200 families in Jordan. Uh, the, in an only in the only Christian town in Jordan, we helped a um, a, a church that houses 200 displaced people. Uh, we helped them, too, with $25,000. So we do great work. We support the St. Catherine of Siena Dominican Order. Mm-hmm. When, it, when we send the money, we vet, first of all, the, every organization we work with. We work with the Assyrian Aid Society of Iraq. We've been working with them for seven years. We get names of people that are helped, Father Tom. We get pictures of them. Mm. Um, we, get, we, we get their pictures. We get their videos of when they're collecting their aid. So we know the money is spent as it has been promised for us to be spent. We help the Dominican sisters. Dominican sisters are taking care of 60,000 people in the northern part of Iraq. Um, we get the pictures from them, too. The difference between Iraqi Christian Relief Council and other big charitable organizations is that we don't have any red tape around us that stops the money from getting to them right away. Money comes in, money is sent out. And we've become so overwhelmed recently. Um, by grace of God, we've received so many beautiful letters, so many donations that we're able to help these people. But the need is growing, Father Tom. The report came to us that there are 60,000 Christians of Iraq that are displaced in Istanbul alone, and they're living in subhuman conditions. The need is growing in Lebanon, and it's so expensive to live in Lebanon. Juliana, so we're trying to expand into those two countries as well as Iraq, Syria, and Jordan. Uh, Juliana, they were fleeing to Syria, but are they still fleeing there? No, no, they're not. Not at all. Actually, they're fleeing out of Syria into Turkey and into mm. Jordan and Lebanon right now. Juliana, you mentioned something about pictures. I want to uh, let the audience know uh, where to go to look at some very, very effective, very moving pictures by another good friend of ours here at Light of the East, Jeff Gardner. If they go to picturechristians.org, picturechristians.org, they will see the faces of these people, and those pictures will make those people real to you. Mr. Gardner did a wonderful job in capturing the, the human, psycho-spiritual dimension of this, not just the blood and the guts and the gore, but the psychological dimension, the, the human reality of this. So go to picturechristians.org. And Juliana, also, in terms of your website, where people can go, tell us about that, where they can go to help. Yes, the uh, information that I can give you is you can go to iraqichristianrelief.org, iraqichristianrelief.org. There you would see some of the pictures that Jeff has posted. We have worked together in the past, and we currently still work together. Uh, And also, we'll see images of how the aid has been spent on the ground in Iraq. 
um, you can see some of the some of some videos of my work personally as well. When I go throughout the country and I minister to different churches, I have to tell you, Father Tom, every time I make this presentation of mine that I do, and I show the documentary, there's a docudrama. I don't know if you know that, Father Tom. It's called Sing a Little Louder. I'm the co- I'm the executive producer for the movie. Uh, it shows what. Christian churches did in Germany when Jews and others were being taken to their, their their death camps. They were singing louder to drown out the cries of the Jew being taken to their uh, gas chambers. And today, I cannot tell you how many churches are still singing louder through their choirs to drown out the cries of the Eastern Christians. Mm. And when I'm fi- when I finish my presentation, I can't tell you how many Americans come up to me and they weep in my arms, and I have to console them. Mm. They shake in my arms saying, I don't, we don't know what to do, we don't know what to do. But I tell them, minimum you can do you can, is you can pray. You can give your, every single dollar makes a difference in Iraq. Every single, in Iraq, Syria, Jordan, uh, and Istanbul, and everywhere else. And, uh, you know, I urge people to get involved politically. Uh, they can yeah. write to their state representatives mm-hmm. and say, we demand international protection for these individuals. Father Tom, the Assyrian nation, also known as Chaldeans and Syriacs, were on the verge of extinction. This is a mm. very real threat against an ancient community that was among the first people who converted to Christianity. We were massacred in the hands of Turks and Kurds 100 years ago alongside of Armenians. This year, this marks our 100-year anniversary of our Holocaust. And this Holocaust continues in front of our eyes. Our women are being sold in sex slavery. And that, those are the, the messages that you really don't hear about in the news. And that's why I urge whoever is listening to this to invite us to come out and to speak at your, at your, in your homes, in your communities, in your churches. You must hear about this as your fellow Christians are being massacred. You know, you remember St. John Paul II said, the, the right lung of the Church is the Eastern Church. Let us not forget about them. Yes, the Church must breathe with both lungs. I'm glad you brought that up, because, of course, our program is called Light of the East, which comes from Orientale Lumen, which was the name of John Paul II's document, his apostolic letter on the Eastern Churches. And he said that the church must breathe with both lungs. And where a lot of this persecution is happening is at epicenters of Eastern churches, the Chaldean rites, the Coptic churches. In fact, Juliana, during the services of my church during Holy Week and Pascha and Easter, I had my altar boys, you know, they carry different things in procession. They carry candles and icons and so on. One of the icons I had them carry was a brand new, recently made icon of the 21 Coptic Christians that were beheaded, martyred by ISIS recently, and their blood spilled into the Mediterranean Sea. And they held that icon proudly and they carried it. And we remembered in prayer those 21 Christians. So what we're doing here is we're calling attention to this martyrdom, this tragedy, which is a great witness for all of us, actually. I often refer to it, as you mentioned, uh, Juliana, we're very tuned to this because it's an example for us. It's an example for us of a modern-day, you know, blood martyrdom, something we just seem to read about or think happened back in the days of the Roman Empire, you know, but it's happening now. And as you say, God forbid it should come to this country, but unfortunately, its tentacles are already here. 
and we have to be aware. We have to have people like Juliana come and speak and raise awareness. And she comes not as a political person. She's not coming as some kind of political advocate or community activist or whatever. She's coming as a, first and foremost, a Christian woman, a devout Christian woman, a Catholic woman, an Eastern Catholic woman. And she's coming to raise awareness, to call us to charity, the kind of charity that we're supposed to have as Christians, the kind of awareness. So it begins with this awareness. Juliana, how do you preserve your Christian heart in the midst of all this, towards the people who are suffering, but also towards the perpetrators? How do you preserve a Christian heart? You know, this is a heavy cross I bear, um, because every time I present this, I feel that I these people that already have been martyred are being re-murdered. So it is very difficult. In, my, in the privacy of my home, in the privacy of my existence, I suffer a great deal. And I believe through the Holy Spirit, I'm shielded, I'm protected through prayer. I, I pray constantly for, for resolute and for, for sustenance. But I have an army of people praying for me for strength. At the same time, you know, Father Tom, my own family in a span of 120 years, we have given nine members in the name of Christ as martyrs. Hmm. I have, I had one, get my great grandfather who was a Eastern Rite priest, was murdered in the hands of a Bolshevik soldier. And the other eight were killed in the hands of Muslims over a 120-year span. And, and it, you know, at times it's hard for me to forgive these perpetrators. But at the same time, the only way to end this bloodshed is for conversion of heart. Yes. So oftentimes when I do the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, I beg the Lord for conversion of these people's hearts. And yesterday, in, I'm in Steubenville, Ohio. I spoke in different venues, especially at the Franciscan University. But I wanted at Catholic churches when I was speaking. This woman said what she does is uh, she adopts a terrorist without knowing their name. But she adopts a terrorist, and she asks for the Holy Spirit to guide her heart and her prayers to have this one individual convert into Christianity. And she says, it may be a little bit outlandish, but that's the only thing I can do at this time, to pray, aside from giving her, her money, which she was so generous to us. But she adopts the terrorists, and she prays for them from time to time, for their hearts to be converted. You mentioned the 21 Coptic Christians that were killed. I don't know if your listeners know, one of the terrorists, as he was committing these murders, he was so overwhelmed by their faith, by these Christians' faith, that he knelt and he professed to by in believing in Jesus Christ, and he was beheaded immediately himself as oh. a former Muslim and a new Christian. So it is possible for these for these terrorists to accept Christ, but and until then we just have to pray for forgiveness for them, because Jesus Christ on the cross he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." And that is precisely the message, the message of this season and the message that you bring and the message of us here on Light of the East. Once again, it's IraqiChristianRelief.org. Juliana will be at my parish on Wednesday, April 29th at 7 p.m., Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish in Homer Glen, Illinois. Juliana, thank you very much for joining us. God bless you in your work. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media.